You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 160 for the week of November 23rd, 2014. Welcome back, everyone, to the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Doing a special episode today covering The Ice Dragon, a short story by George R.R. Martin, recently re-released and uh, now illustrated by Louis Royo. As usual, this is Amin, and I'm joined by several vassals of Kingsway. Hello, my name is Duncan, also known as Velcroist on the forums. Hi, I'm Michael, or Mordian on the forums. And this is Amber, Amber Rocks on the forums. This is Greg, Claudius the Fool on the forums. Well, welcome back to the halls of House Manwoody. We have the usual lemon cakes and the rest out there, so feel free to serve yourselves. <laughs> Self-serve this year. So basically, what we're doing today is a full... That, that was not me. I, 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 let me finish this my speech before Greg. you drink uh, the ring. <laughs> was it me? Who's getting drunk already here? <laughs> That would I was going to really make my ice ice slushy yeah. joke, but I didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, what we're doing is a spoiler full review of the Ice Dragon. Uh, although, I mean, w- w- when we do our lemon cake score, maybe we'll won't go into details. You can say what like we'll have a lemon cake score, and then we'll get into the full spoiler filled discussion. We, what we've been doing recently is on Bastards of Kingsgrave. We've been doing reviews of Martin's earlier works because the Ice Dragon was recently released, and they sent us review copies. We thought it'd be appropriate to do. Uh, this episode here. So why don't we, uh, well, just to give a little context of the Ice Dragon, it was originally written over the winter of 1978 to 1979, and released in 1980 as part of a short story anthology, and it was first republished, in a, well, it was republished in Dream Songs in its entirety, but in, in 2006 it was published in a children's book form, uh, where it was edited, and we'll get in during the story and what was edited and what wasn't. Uh, but now in 2014 it was released again, this time illustrated by Louis Royo, and then we'll get into the artwork discussion as well. But let's just start off and just give me a lemon cake score out of five, and uh, if you'd recommend people to read this story or not. Uh, okay, I guess I'll start. So uh, I actually read this story a couple of years ago, just as I was getting into A Song of Ice and Fire, and I remembered really liking it, but I found it also very harrowing, um, not just for the scenes of violence, but just for the character of Adara. She's very emotionally detached. And uh, I don't know if it's like years of A Song of Ice and Fire has made... <laughs> melancholy more palatable but i just i I really love the story the second time around um i think on its own it's really beautifully written and the descriptions of the landscape and the creature are very lush and haunting um and i think it's it's very much sort of framed as a children's story at least in the language that it uses uh just in terms of its awe of nature but i also think it's quite frightening in the way it depicts the world of adults uh depending on whether you have the edit version or not but uh uh, I think it's also really cool for fans of A Song of Ice and Fire because you can see many of the ideas and the themes of the novels being experimented here, especially um, the perspectives of Arya and Bran. Uh, I'm usually pretty wary of giving five lemon cakes, but Ice Dragons are like my favorite fantasy trope of all time. So what the hell, I'll give it five lemon cakes. Yeah, I think I'm actually I'm a five lemon cake too for this one. It's um, for, for me with George R. R. Martin's short stories, it's right up there with um, the, hell no, I can't remember, Song for Laia, is that what it's called? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, right up there with Song for Laia as just like the saddest uh, George R. R. Martin short story. Like every time, both of those, no matter how many times I read them, they always get me. Um, well, I I hate to 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 say it, but I also give it five lemon cakes. Um, I I don't know if if maybe it's because reading some of his other stuff lately in Dream Songs that were not as much up my alley. This was just so beautiful and just instantly drew you in. And it's so charming, but also bittersweet. Um, 
I didn't laugh, but I cried and I was very moved. Um, yeah, so gotta give it five. Uh, well, I'm not going to be a complete party pooper, <laughs> but I'll I'll give it like a three point five. The first time Whoa. I read it was was the unedited. All right, <laughs> please let me talk. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Sorry. Let finish first time first I read before it. You get him, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the first time I read it was just in Dream Song, so it was the unedited version, and I thought it was it was a really great story, and I consider that a different version just because of the the stuff that was cut out i made it a lot more you know realistic but uh i like the concept of the ice dragon and adar as a character like duncan said is definitely uh a pretty you know very somber and and melancholy character and uh i I, like the writing was beautiful but it just seemed like because i read it after a song of ice and fire it seemed like it was a like barely scratching the surface of what he can do in his books and i just think it was like a lighter version of that but it also was written you know 20 years before that so it's completely understandable but i love the artwork in this one uh, compared to the other one but i'll, I'll give it a 3.5 it's 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 a great story but it's not my favorite of, of his short works that i've read so far yeah i'd give it a four out of five a solid four out of five but in terms of fives my fives are sand kings or unsound variation i don't think it's up to that level but it is a solid story it's a good story and Louis Royal has been one of my favorite artists for a long time, so this particular version I liked to see his work, although I do have some things to say about it as well. So now as we're seeping into the spoiler-filled discussion, which even if you haven't read the book, this one in particular, you could listen to it and read it. It's such a short story that if you're not convinced, you can listen and read it afterwards. But if you want to get the full enjoyment, obviously you'd rather read it first. Okay, let's. why don't we address the uh, ice elephant in the room? And uh, talk about, uh, <laughs> do you think this is in the same world as, uh, as A Song of Ice and Fire? Because I think that's BS. I mean, you can say the same universe because the universe has billions of planets. But mm-hmm. it's not the same world. It's what, 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 what it is, and he says it like, in his description in Dream Songs, is like these characters and other characters are the heirs of Turtle Castle, the ancestors of Ice and Fire. So they're just ideas and characters he developed that he may draw, draw upon in his magnum opus, just like he drew upon Rob and Laia from Song for Laia. That doesn't mean they're in the same world. Yeah, I think you're right. And I've got something uh, supporting evidence for you, which is that uh, the seasons are consistent. Because it's uh, mm. the girl's birthday every time the dragon comes in winter. But so, the winter's... Oh, sorry. So I'm saying winter comes every year, is my point. Yeah, that's. I, I highlighted that, too. That that's yeah. one of the, the, the glaring red flags, that it's definitely not the same world. Or if it is, it's what hundreds of thousand years in the past before magic messed everything up i don't think it is in the same world at all i also agree that's bs but uh they did say that winters were getting longer and longer so even though theoretically it's one year where her birthday comes on the same day the the seasons are still subject to change yeah that's an example i mean that's an idea used later in a later work Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, but uh, even aside from, like, global climate change stuff, I mean, that can just happen. You have longer, you know, a hot summer, a cold summer, you know, that stuff mm-hmm. happens in the well, world. There is a and then, I mean, also, there's, there. yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's the argument that the, the dragon is actually causing the winter to lengthen, right? Yeah. So. We don't know. It's like the others. Does the dragon cause the, <laughs> the, cold, well, it says cause the first death. paragraph? Yeah, it says, the, yeah. did the dragon bring it or vice versa? So, like, these kind of ideas yeah. are used later, but it doesn't mean it's the same world. Like yeah, the weather no, argument is actually pretty weak. I mean, you could say it's hundreds of thousands of years in the past, but just like the description of the dragons, description of the continent, the description of the characters doesn't fit anywhere in the world. It could just be some. If Martin wanted, he could always go and retro, retrofit. What, what's the term? Retcon it if he yeah. wanted. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be originally. And you'd hope they wouldn't pressure him to retcon it later. The, the only way I right, can I mean, see it being in the Song of Ice and Fire history is if it's like really ancient history, like 
maybe even before the long night, because as you say, the seasons are consistent and it seems to resemble Westeros, like the north or the Riverlands, the environment. Um, there's described as a, a city to the south and a King's Road, although obviously that came much later. Yeah, I was before thinking that it could, could have been Valyria sometime before the Doom, just because they mentioned the, the yeah. wars of the Dragon Lords and, and the city to the south. But the, the seasons messes it up because as far the as we know, seasons is the weakest argument. Like you're sticking right. to the season argument. That there's plenty of other arguments that you could say it doesn't fit the same world. Like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's in the world. I'm saying yeah. if we need, if we had to pick some, like as a couple things you can you can hang your hat on, and that yeah. might be one of them. But I but, I don't even think it's in the same universe. I'll say that I think it's completely <laughs> separate. But maybe if Valeria, maybe if Valeria was like the capital city to the south, and they were like much farther north, like near Kohor or something, where it is colder and it does snow, and then the the, the northernmost kingdom, I don't know what that would be. There's a there's a northern kingdom called the kingdom of San, or I think it's like an ancient kingdom. Maybe that was like a rival dragon kingdom or something. I did think it was interesting. There's one line in there where she, uh, the narrator kind of says ice dragons were rare even in those days. Like it makes you wonder. Okay, was there a time when there are lots of ice dragons? Um, but I just don't understand people's need to wedge this in with a song of ice and fire like it doesn't really better either of the stories it's a marketing need i mean i like, think yeah. well there's exactly that. Yeah. and for fans i think that they want there to be ice dragons and so there may be yeah. ice dragons sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ideas he develops here he uses later just like his yeah, other absolutely. works like he's as, as we've gone through all his earlier works he's taken things from all his works and used them there doesn't mean it's the same world no, they yeah. mentioned the yeah. long night. They mentioned the land of always winter. There's yeah. little things that, that pop up in it, but it's I kind of don't. I almost don't want to even talk about it being in the world because then we're just, <laughs> we're we're giving it an out, and it doesn't have to be. It stands on its own. It's a great story. Yeah, but exactly. It doesn't, yeah. And the whole point, like, what are the chances of two planets in the same galaxy evolving at the same? You know, they both have medieval level technologies at the same time. Like in the you know, <laughs> time, like, that, what are the chances of that happening? Well, if the universe is infinite, it has to occur more than Yeah, once. but I <laughs> don't like it. Just let it be its own thing. It's I fine. Think, That's why I I'm agree. so I think. angry that they had to say it's set in the same universe, just because it's got dragons and it's George R. Well, Martin. the universe is a billion of planets. Like, there's Havilland Tuffles uh. floating around as well. Like, so, so I, it's, it's a marketing it minimizes. I think yeah. it minimizes. It, 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 the, way they, the way you use universe is, is used in a way to trick people into thinking it's the same world. Like right. it, it's a marketing trick, which it need, they should just say from the author of Ice and Fire. That's all they need to say. Yeah, for goodness sake. They yeah. didn't also they didn't need to reissue the book six years after they reissued it. But it's the exact <laughs> yeah. same text. It's just newer illustrations. Well, and, they were right. listening to me because I like Louis Royo. Louis <laughs> 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 Royo and Martin combination. Like you got uh, a lot of pull. Yeah. No, but actually, let's get real here. I mean, Louis Royo is a master of two main things. He's master of the adult feminine form. And he's a master of monstrous beasts. And so his monstrous beasts in this book are good. Like his ice dragon is good. But his Adara is not that good. I would say it's not as strong as the one that was in 2006. Because that's not his specialization. He doesn't draw little girls, Mm. thankfully. He draws adult (laughs) women. (laughs) Still good, though. I still liked it. But like that one part is is out of his specialization. So, Do we know in that – speaking of um, that that little short YouTube interview – when the 06 version came out, George kind of claimed that Ice Dragon was something that he had come up with. Is that hmm. – do we know if that's a thing? Because somebody said Ice Dragon trope, M- Mordian, um, which it seems like there would be lots and lots of Ice Dragons. But, I mean, is that a George yeah, thing? 
I don't think he invented it. I don't know. Maybe. I feel like, because I used to play Magic the Gathering, I felt like there was some ice dragon at some point in like that whole universe, but I, I couldn't find it. But I, for some reason... Well, well I mean, Magic the Gathering though. came out, yeah. That came out in like 1990s. Oh, that's right. Uh, yes. I'm thinking that this is written in like 2006. Yeah. yeah. Oh. This is over the winter of 78, 79. He says the first person who did like a full ice dragon that is like made out of ice and breeds ice. Right. So maybe he could. I just was... didn't. I'm not okay. sure. Maybe. Maybe prior to that, it was a regular dragon that breathed ice, but he invented the idea of an ice, a dragon made of ice. Yeah, I mean, cause there, there were certainly dragons that breathed ice before, but a made out of ice, I don't know. Hmm. When did D&D get going? D&D is like 76 or something yeah. like that. Did they have ice dragons? At, at the yeah, time? I mean, there were white dragons. I'm, I'm pretty sure there were... I mean, I could go check real fast, but I'm pretty sure there were white dragons in the first Monster Manual. Hmm. Actually, uh, now I'm super curious. I'm gonna, I'll be right back. <laughs> well, maybe our listeners, well, they might know. It's interesting. Did, did George invent the ice dragon? He, he says as far as his knowledge, he knows, but it could be somebody else. Just, just to say how awful the copy is on the jacket, they go so out of their way to connect not only this to... A Song of Ice and Fire, but to the, there's a whole paragraph where the Ice Dragon is set in the same universe as the best-selling series of Song of Ice and Fire, the basis for the hit show HBO. Like, oh, yeah, but so they don't actually use the words Game of Thrones. You think they would actually? No, throw- they never say Game of Thrones. That's yeah. the- <laughs> you think they would throw that around everywhere? If yeah, you all have the like, so you have the the, the cover that becomes a poster, right? Yeah, that's pretty that cool. It's nice, got the yeah. poster on the inside. Yeah. A pictorial jacket. It, but it just, yeah. it just, again, it's glaring because usually Lewis, like, he would have like the dragon and then some hot girl in the back, but. <laughs> This just doesn't fit his usual thing, right? But I mean, this could his, be his first step. I want him to do more stuff with George because most of George's stuff is adults. Is this the first that he's done? I with think him? so. It's the first time they've paired up. He's he's not the artist who's going to be illustrating the Duncan Egg stories, is he? That's someone else. Those, no, that's is Mike Asmiller, right? No, he's doing the graphic novel. I thought there was there's someone else who's doing the omnibus that's coming out next oh, year. Really? I think it's the guy who did the calendar last year, though. I'm not I'm not positive. I should have looked this up. I'm sorry. Underprepared. <laughs> Okay, so I guess we all agree that it's, it's not the same world. <laughs> I think or, what's sure. sort of valuable about it is, yeah, I don't think it is in the same world or, or it's meant to be. This is obviously way before he conceived of the idea of Westeros. But I think it contains a lot of the seeds that would eventually grow into Westeros. There's even references to places like the King's Road and the Inn at the Crossing and mm. the Lands of Always yep. Winter. So mm-hmm. there's definitely that. And even archetypes like sort of old Laura is a bit like old man and, and Hal fighting in the north is a bit like Benjen or uh, – uh, like the popular sister Terry is a bit like Sansa. Um, even Adara, Ice like, I see a lot of like Bran and Arya. And yeah, Ice Castle. You're taking all funny. of them, and I would just like to say Ice Castle. <laughs> we, we, oh, we, sorry, we all I circled didn't... those things, but we were polite <laughs> yes, enough we to all wait for them. them Duncan, so. Oh, sorry, I thought we were moving past the. <laughs> no, okay. He's in the future. He can't help it. <laughs> sorry, he's already listened to this episode. <laughs> yeah, Duncan's in the future. He's the next day. Right Cut now. that out. We'll, we'll do it as we go. Sorry. I'm sure we've moved on, but the D&D white box from 74 has, yeah. uh, yeah. Does it? Is this yep. a white dragon? Does it, does it breathe White ice? dragon that breathes uh, cold. Okay, but is, hmm. it, is it ice? It's not made of ice. I mean, they're still not in D&D made of ice. Hmm. They're just dragons. Okay, but maybe the made of ice part. Yeah. Okay, let's jump into the story then. The first, even the or first or second paragraph, it talks about, is it the cold that brought the ice dragon or the ice dragon that brought the cold? What do you think? I think maybe bothish, but uh, I think if I had to just pick one, I would say that the. I mean, it's. I think the dragon comes when it knows it's winter time, but I think the dragon's presence makes the winter longer and colder. Ah, 
I think it has yeah. to be the first one because when it shows up later in summer, it doesn't bring winter with it. It sort of it like does. That. It does localized yeah. a little bit, yeah. But it's not like it doesn't create like a bubble of. of I mean, we it, it, it only. Summer. So. Yeah, and it had only been there for a few hours, too. I mean, See? This is why you can't bring science into these stories. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just weird that every year that he comes, it gets longer, and he stays longer. You know, like... Yeah. That's and the then, I mean, also, we don't really know what the deal with... Uh, what's her name? Adara, is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know what her deal is, either, and she's pretty weird. Oh, she I might be doing something. That. Well, yeah. I don't think there's much evidence for it, but it could be that the ice dragon saved her from dying. And, like, mark, mm-hmm. mark on her. Yeah. Like, in the womb? Yeah. Hmm. No, she's his best Well, it was child. supposed to be, yeah. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's more of a Avatar, like the moon spirit kind of thing. Like he's saying. Yeah, because it was flying in front of the moon when yeah. her mom, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And that night, he, he he saved her, like, from, you think, it's it's it's, a, it's a kind of a reversal what you think. I mean, in that YouTube video, the 2006 interview, where George does a good time, even though the interviewer didn't read it at all. Oh, she's so terrible. Yeah, she's yeah. so terrible. <laughs> The magical ice dragon that saved her world. I think that was actually in the cover. She just read. Love, courage, and timeless magic. <laughs> we'll post the link to that video. But uh, uh, George, in the video, he says in, in the story, what he was trying to do is do, like, like his usual reversals, is usually a person is described as ice-like or cold, is, is viewed negatively. But he tries to kind of reverse that partly in the story. Not fully, but Adara is like the winter's child, but it's not entirely negative. So if the ice dragon saving her would be surprising because everyone thinks the ice dragon is bad. And already saves her at this time, in the mm. current time. I, I kind of read the ice dragon and winter kind of being the same thing because the ice dragon isn't really a creature. It's not like it doesn't have a biology. It's almost like a spirit of winter or something. So it's almost part of winter. It's just winter given a kind of animal form. Personification. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that it's attracted to Adara or maybe even just the scent, the war and the decay of the world is why winter is lasting longer and longer. It's mm. becoming grimmer. But there's more than one, I think, right? Because she sees another one. Flying by. That's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like, I would say the ice dragon is causing it, but it's just so weird that if one dragon could have such an effect. Like, yeah, yeah if you bring science into it, it doesn't... That's why I don't think that's the case. Also, it yeah. seems like it's just a creature. Like, the people aren't, like, in awe of the ice dragon. They're just like, eh, we're just not used to seeing him around this time of year. It's just like a thing. <laughs> it didn't seem and like it's like, those... oh my god, an ice dragon. And you also have those little ice lizards, which are kind of like a smaller version of it. Mm-hmm. So they understand that kind of... They're not really surprised by that weird kind of biology of a creature just purely made of ice. The winter had touched her, left its mark upon her, and made her its own. So, but you kind of can't have one with, I was I was thinking you can't have one without the other, but you actually could have winter without the ice dragon, because the ice dragon hmm. melts, right? So does that, in fact, mean that winter is the beginning? Or the chicken? Of yeah, the chicken I mean, the egg? If, if it's the chicken ice dragon and the egg question, then yeah, I think winter happens first. But I do think that the dragon has an effect on the weather, on the temperature. Mm. The ice dragon melts in summer, so it comes back in summer and it can't stand it. It's like not supposed to be there. It has to flee. It's only strong during the season of winter. Mm. So yeah, we have the uh, another thing that's done in ice and fire a lot is death upon childbirth or during childbirth, right? Tyrion, Adara, totally connection there, even with the whole father issues. Mm-hmm. Well, he's a lot nicer than Tywin, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, Dara, as a child, is just a different child. I mean, she steps on a nail that goes through her foot, and she's just like, Father, no crying, no... I think 
I have a theory. It's it's crazy, but Adara is an other until she realizes that she can love and then she becomes human, and that's why the dragon dies. <laughs> so, there we go. She has blue eyes and uh, pale skin <laughs> of course she and does. blonde hair. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. calling it. I think you're right. <laughs> All right, so they're working... Although they live by the inn at, by the crossroads. I thought it was pretty neat just how many um, kind of echoes... Or not echoes, but pre precursors to to ice and fire there were it's just neat to look back and see his the process a little bit yeah i think at one point they call it the king's highway it goes from mm. north to south and then another point they call it the king's road which is obviously a big part of westeros it's kind of interesting that he was writing all these epic scenes of you know dragon riders and battles but originally we're led to believe that he really he wasn't going to have dragons in a song of ice and fire it was something that was yeah. relatively that was added mm. relatively late but he definitely had the, you know, had the chops. I mean, that we'll get to the scene with Hal, but that, that was one of my favorite parts of it. So he didn't need much convincing, probably. Right. But like his dragons in this world, and they're a lot more common. They're like they're like horses. Like they're like a special type of cavalry. Whereas like Valyrian dragons are. I mean, this is a farmer's yeah, brother can get a dragon. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and who knows what his backstory is, but yeah. Oh, Hal might be a bastard son of a noble. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. he saved somebody's life, or he has a noble know. face. So. We don't get any last names though. I thought the names were a little odd. Like Adara was the only name that seemed like it fit the story. And then I, I just kind of felt like Terry is such a. Terry, Laura, I and mean, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and how it, they didn't seem, they didn't have the, the kind of poetic flow that a lot of the ice and fire names do. Um, that took me out of it a tiny bit, but it's interesting. So another thing that shows up in Ice and Fire is, uh, well, Hal here, he, he grins at Terry and makes her blush. The creep, creepy nuncle meme. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> but uh, Adara doesn't like Hal, because when Hal was there, that means they're away from winter. He always shows up in summer. And the conversation that they have. Yeah. I did think that was kind of neat, the the whole, you know, when she was four and then when she was six, you know, kind of starting to you're, you're reminded that she's just this, this little girl and yet she has so much and maybe she is a little odd but she just has so much Weird. what did i write I, okay i said he has an interesting way of making characters childlike but also believable as protagonists like you you understand from the way that she overhears this conversation and when she goes and hides in the cave like she's just a little kid but at the same time you know you believe that she's someone who could ride an ice dragon for miles and miles or who could make the decision to go save her family yeah, she's she's a kid, but she's also very solemn and detached emotionally. Um, I don't know. She seems to be linked with the idea of death, especially her mother. Her, her father seems to blame her slightly. It's not full on, but she overhears that conversation, and maybe she blames herself a little bit. Um, and I think there's a really good quote where she overhears her dad talking about it, and she doesn't quite understand it, but she remembers it, and then the understanding comes later. So there's yeah, there's tension of her wanting to be a kid or a child and play, but also being exposed to these aspects of the adult world and, and not really being able to process them and kind of retreating into fantasy. Yeah, and like seeing that he's his the father treats Jeff and Terry differently than he treats her because he doesn't like he's not like you said, he's not like Tywin with Tyrion, but he's just he's very reserved and distanced from from Adara compared to the other children. 
Yeah, she she has a naturally sort of cold disposition, but she's also responding to the way her family is treating her. She feels detached and then further detaches herself from them. Yeah. It could be the fact that she's actually cold. Like, she's physically freezing all the time and they don't want to touch mm. her. <laughs> yeah, like, she's worried she'll hurt them, maybe. Well, and doesn't he, doesn't the father say, you know, I tried, I tried to love her, but she just kind of wouldn't reciprocate? And I can certainly understand, you know, that, that feeling of just being defeated and just saying, okay, go do whatever you're going to do. And, you know, we're still your family. We still love you, but, you know, just not being able to interact in that way. Yeah. I read a review that sort of interpreted as this, this lack of normal emotions, maybe being a metaphor for autism or something like parents trying to connect with an autistic child and just not getting that response. Hmm. Didn't even know about that in 1980. I love it. Do you have a very low opinion of the 80s? It's not this like society. My bashing of the 80s continues. It wasn't that long ago. (laughs) No, there was good stuff as well. But uh, (laughs) Martin is often ahead of his time. I mean, he has like basically genetic engineering stories that in the early 80s, even into the 70s with Havlintov. So a lot of his stuff has a modern application. Michael, I think you found another tidbit of ice dragon lore. I did, yeah. There's a children's author who I, I'm actually a pretty big fan of uh, called E. Nesbitt, who apparently wrote a book about dragons in 1900, which includes a dragon made entirely of ice. Ah. Yeah. I think they also wrote Five Children and It, that yep, that's terrifying true. story about what? <laughs> I love Five pilgrims Children. who find an alien in their backyard. It's not. It's a... <laughs> It's an ancient creature. It's not an alien. I uh, just remember bits and pieces of it. I, I, <laughs> I've got it on my bookshelf right now. It's a great book. So we get to uh, a castle building scene that is similar to the Sansa's castle building scene, right? Although it's interesting because Sansa's obviously longing for home. She's longing for Winterfell, whereas Adara is longing to escape home and go off in some mystical realm where she doesn't feel this way or doesn't, yeah. She's always pulling away from her family. She has little ice lizards that run around, kind of like George's little uh, turtle story. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's. I was thinking that too. I saw. Yeah. I saw that parallel. They sure sounded pretty awesome. Yeah, crawling around in her hair and stuff. Because only she can safely play with them, and the other kids can't. But some of them even snap them in two. It's cruel kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even Jeff, who like holds them, and it just melts in his hand because he's too warm. But. Uh, it's kind of maybe the reverse of what Adara feels like. She can't touch anyone that's warm because she'll hurt them, maybe. So we get a first, uh, around that time, it talks about when the Ice Dragon first showed up. She was uh, four years old, I believe, when he first showed up. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. that's correct. Yeah. It was a sign of a long and bitter winter when Ice Dragons were abroad in the land. Was she already out in the middle of nowhere making her castles at, at four? It was a much safer time. You could let your children play yeah. out in, the, <laughs> in the wilderness. It's just like the 80s. Sit in the 80s. <laughs> you could walk the King's Road safely. You got trick-or-treating. So it's just on a farm out there. It's not like There's nobody out there except for the neighbors. All right, so let's see here. She ends up actually flying with the ice dragon. I, I definitely think the whole meeting, like over, wasn't it over a couple years? Like he, she saw him one year, and then the next year she kind of touched him, and then finally she, she figured out like, oh, I can, I can ride you, um, and it, it totally took me back to, you know, that little girl like enchantment with horses or 
you know, puppies or any kind of animal that like you have to, you have to win its trust. And then it's, you know, the dream is that it's just your, your best friend forever. And I thought that was such a cool capturing of, of that child, childhood, you know, longing. Yeah. It's like a bond, a bonding process. You both have to learn to trust each other. Yeah. And it was Paris that kept telling George that uh, this would be a good children's story. Like she saw that, I guess, in in the story and drove him to release it in that form. Yeah, it's definitely, it's written from a child's perspective. And even when it's describing really dark, horrible things, it's, it's written with a kind of fairy tale quality to it. It's a child trying to understand the adult world. So she gets in trouble for being out the whole day because they think they thought the ice dragon had eaten her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is the only section that I, I don't know how it missed the editors oh, yeah. where they cut out like all the awful violence, but they left in the part where her, she her <laughs> beat her. Yeah. And Dara did not understand that, nor why he beat her after he had gotten back to the house. And then, then the next <laughs> illustration is is her lying peacefully in the bed and the father yeah. tucked her in. I thought that was going to be cut, but it wasn't. Yeah, it's, in, it's still there. Right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a different time. It's the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, except, except it's 2006 yeah. and 2014. <laughs> yeah. It's a, period, it's a period piece. <laughs> no, but they, see, they cut everything else out. They kept that in. It's just weird. Yeah. They, they, at one point, they changed dam. They took dam out, but they let yeah. the beating stand. Mm. Well, she actually keeps flying on the ice dragon that winter and the winter after that. And the winters keep getting longer and colder. Yeah, I also I like the sense of like that the wars are you're you're being told that it's getting worse and worse and they're uh, you know, it's things are not going well, but uh that something bad's going to happen at some point. Mm. More than normal. And I, I love how enthralled she is by the ice dragon and the descriptions of its beauty and its magical qualities. Um, especially compared to the fire dragons and how sort of ugly and scaly and almost like industrial they are. It's like these scaly engines of war. So it's, uh, it's cool how Adara idealizes and romanticizes nature, but the other dragons are kind of turned into weapons of destruction. Yeah, the ice dragon can't be broken. Can't be mm. like, she's the only one who can ride it, and it's more of a relationship of trust than they, they use whips and stuff on the other dragons. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And it definitely kind of brings a sense of foreboding that, you know, she's having these wonderful, magical flights of fancy on, you know, for forever at a time, you know, days at a time, it seems like. And and yet, for as much joy as she's getting out of that, equally, the war is escalating. And it's like you just kind of get this sense that this can't go on. Yeah, and intersects with the like they're asking for help to deal with the ice dragon, but they can't spare the the troops to do it. And and that's sort of the focus of the village. Everyone's obsessed with day to day life, farming and drinking and playing with each other. There's this complete attempt to block out the the, the woes of the outside world, and that's reflected in Adara as well. She's a child. She's obsessed with the thing that's in front of her that excites her. But we know as readers that there's this other trouble brewing far away. So Hal and her father get into a fight. Hal's trying to tell her father to sell the farm while they can and to uh, move south. Her father doesn't want to leave. Do we think he should have left? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of thought so. From a personal point of view, but not from a plot point of view, because it would have been a much boring story if they had. I mean, it seems noble and righteous, you know, this is his land and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. you know, then look what happens to his family. It's 
It's it's just sad. He should have at least said his kids earlier, and he could stay around if he wanted to. On the other hand, Adara could have run off then and got to go with the Ice Dragon, which also would have been really good. <laughs> yeah, but like she wouldn't these have people... had to come back and save this stupid ass. Like, <laughs> like these people should know what happens to people like when an, when an, an enemy invades your territory. Like yeah. it's not a peaceful transition. They rape, they murder, they burn the town, and then you can crawl back and rebuild your town if you're lucky. But it's not like one farmer with a pickaxe is gonna is gonna be able to keep doing what he's doing. Mm. But, well, the so- the soldiers know that, but do the villagers know that? Yeah, I was, that's what I was gonna say. I'm, well, maybe they, they just don't really have any. Did they cut that out of the? Did they cut that out of the that far before? Yeah, if I got the if I got the impression that like this this war was always going on. Like it just was every year. Mm-hmm. There's another. It's it's always been going on. So I, I think that. But yeah. I think it has. But it's always this far off thing. So they hear stories of it and they're actually excited by it. It's like seems like an adventure. So mm-hmm. they I think they have this very fairy tale like notion of war that. But once it sort of asserts itself on them, it, it's revealed to be very grim and ugly and dangerous. And maybe they're not, they don't understand that quite yet. Obviously, Terry certainly doesn't. And maybe the father doesn't either. Because it has been going on, but it's always been far away. It's never really mm-hmm. entered their lives. I don't remember from the list of things that were cut. Was that sentence about the other farmer being killed and his wife raped? Was that taken out of the yeah. newer yeah, they, version? Yeah, they took all those references yeah. to it. <laughs> The open references to rape are removed. There's still them. You can still deduce that it happened, but that is removed. So the the king's army gets its ass kicked up north, and uh, Hal comes running down again, saying, "You got to leave. The enemy's coming." I, I think it also shows how closely their identity is tied to the land. Like they, it's it's so much a part of who they are, working the land and being farmers, and and that's who they are. So like leaving it would be like just in a way it would be dying because they'd be leaving everything they ever knew. Um, it's so so much a part of them that, I don't know, it really shows how how hard it would be to leave your home and become a refugee, I guess. One part they do keep in is this description of all the soldiers coming back horribly burned and mutilated. Yeah, I was surprised. That was pretty, I don't know if I'd want my child reading that. Pretty graphic. Yeah. Well, also, like, what... Do you, I don't think this is a children's book. If anything, it's it's published by Tortine, which is like yeah. young adult. You know, it's if they're reading Hunger Games and stuff like that. This, yeah. There's nothing in this edition that is particularly you know more violent than you're going to find in, in average yeah. young adult literature. It fits the, the teen version of it, but the 2006 edition also had it as well, which is a bit that, that's right. The and one. those illustrations were much more juvenile, which was misleading. That's probably why it didn't you know. Oh, really... did, did, didn't they have like a line of bloody? I don't have it on hand, but they have a, the bloodied men line. Maybe they didn't go as much detail in the. I just don't remember it being so like glaring, like bloody bandages and stuff like that. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was because that's what I when I was doing my reread last night. I I was reading the 2006 one, and that, that it was in there. Well, burned skin, sort of sloughing off bone. That's pretty graphic. Yeah, burned by the dragons. It did say that most of the most of the people in their little village stayed just like the father. So you can definitely tell. I mean, this is what these people do, and they're all kind of in it together. He's not the only holdout um, that's that's willing to stay. And there's a really s- scary scene where I think it's the last sort of organized cavalry charges through, and they're literally charging from the north, and they're screaming, get out of here, they're burning everything. 
like I thought that was an awesome scene and it it just show I like the sort of contrast between the still serene setting of the farmland and just the terror of these you know fully armored soldiers running in the other direction and you don't see the danger but you know it's coming it's this impending dread that's coming down on this serene land yeah, one of the most like haunting parts was actually the lull between where there was a couple days where they didn't actually know what was going to happen. Their army had left, but the enemy hadn't yet, you know, moved in yet. Yeah. And then when you see the three dragons coming in, then you know it's yeah, it's it's shit's about to go down. Did they cut the burning everything part? I'm trying to see if the I think it's still in there. No, it's in there. Yeah. No, it's in there. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. Okay, so then Hal shows up again, and he's like, finally, will you go? And his father's like, no, I'm not going. <laughs> so, But then Terry's saying, father, I'm scared. And he thinks, okay, maybe I shouldn't drag my kids down with me. So, too late, though. Too late, yeah. 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 But they can't take him on. Only only Adara can go on the dragon back because the dragon's injured. She's light enough, but she doesn't want to go. So she runs away. It's pretty condemning of the dad. Like, I know maybe in the early scenes, it, the danger might not have been as real, but once you see soldiers running in the other yeah. direction and burn men <laughs> limping past, that's the time to leave. Like, you, that, there's no defense of him staying at that point. That's yeah, crazy. That's the least. He should send his kids away. Like, he can stay there if he wants and sees what happens. Like, maybe a lone farmer they might leave alone. But, like, he should... Yeah, but it's not like he was staying, like, as a last ditch. Like, there was no, like, village militia that was putting no, together was an fight, organized maybe... effort. It was just nothing, so... He could see what happens. He could stay and see if, like... They let him live or something and then come back. <laughs> or at least have a, a shelter or a, you know, a, a place of refuge that you can hide out for when they do come. It's like in the Maybe. Dance of the Dragons. You know, you know it's the enemy's coming. You're going to get your stuff, go to the hills, let them fight out, and then move back in once it's settled. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Maybe he thought the land, ownership of the land would simply change hands and he would just yeah. be a subject of this new king now, but... Yeah, that's why yeah. he could have stayed himself and done that, like seeing if it was safe to come back. But it just it, he realized yeah. his mistake. At the, his that seems a reasonable thing to think. But you know, you got this smoking hot daughter. You would at least want to send her off. Yeah, at least get the kids to safety. It's crazy yeah. to keep them there. So then, a group of three dragon riders, like a scout, scouts or something, come up and they. Uh, Hal goes up to fight them, but Hal dies quickly. Three on one, yeah. He tried. I felt. I felt. I, I felt bad for Brimstone. I poured yeah. one out for Brimstone. Mm. Like you said, the illustrations of the enemy's dragons—they're not like things of beauty. They are these ugly. You know, just—they're not—they're not sleekly drawn. They're—they're they're meant to be ugly, and uh, hmm. and it definitely comes across. Yeah, it's like nature sort of bent to the to the will of men and, and used to, to destroy. They have a sulfur smell and stuff, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's something you see in A Song of Ice and Fire as well. Martin just kind of revels in revising what we think of fire dragons as being these monsters and these engines of war and death, while at the same time, in this story, he imbues the ice dragon with this really fantastical and romantic qualities. Um, Did we skip the part where she ran to the cave? I guess we kind of already talked about it that he that he brought. She runs part way, then sees what happened, then she keeps running after that. Yeah, that the father offers for Adara to go, and she doesn't want to leave because yeah. then the ice dragon won't be able to find her. So she runs for the hills. Then the ice dragon shows up in summertime. They're going to go away to the land of always winter. 
But uh, as I route to go, she hears uh, an impossible sound, the sound of her father screaming. So yeah, that's one of the things that's, that's hinted at that's not yeah. explicitly drawn out. This is like, so emotional when she's telling the dragon, please take me away to the land of always winter, I'll build you the biggest ice castle of all. And then she hears her father scream and she starts crying, like for the first time ever. And yeah. that's when she became a real little girl. That's when yeah. she started crying. <laughs> her heart, her heart was thawed. Her heart started thawing. That's true. And that, that she actually affects the dragon there. Like starts burning right. the dragon. Yeah. So there's Tears. not a father's scream in the newer version? No, no there is. That's, that's there is, oh. yeah. The first okay. sensor in this is part when they come to fight, the guy running out and he's struggling into his pants. Mm-hmm. That yeah. part is removed. And the bare-chested part is removed. And then later on, as Greg said, it still describes him bare-chested. That particular line could be an error. But, yeah, that's the only one I meant that was yeah. an error. But it, I get what you're yeah. saying that it's hinted at. But the uh, yeah, yeah they, when, they didn't need to keep the bare chest to hint at it. So that could just be an error because it's just sitting there later with no previous right. description. Yeah, but this is where we just get the biggest edit. It was where they they cut out the paragraph about uh, you know her. Should I read it or let's, not... let's do the fight first? Okay, fight. Yeah. <laughs> so they take out one right on the ground, I think, right, or just just coming off the ground, mainly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, they're on the ground to, when they approach, and then I think just maybe just barely taking off. Oh, that's right. Just to yeah, backpedal a, a, a hair when she she they're about to take off to always winter, and then she hears that and becomes a real girl, and you know starts to cry, and the, the tears are are burning him or melting him. Um, when she's saying, "Oh, please, dragon, take me back," do we think? Does she have any idea? Is she asking him? please come help me save my family or just she needs to get back there because she just knows she needs to be there. Like, you know, you don't realize at this point, but basically she's asking him to sacrifice himself. Well, yeah, you know, I could have won. He just lost. Like, <laughs> mm, I mean, I think the dragon, I mean, the dragon knew. Cause she's, cause she said she couldn't see his eyes, but she would know. Yeah. She knew what they would look like. Hmm. I think she had an instinctive understanding. I think the dragon definitely knew that that was, uh, that it was going back to fight it. and to die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it describes the dragon as becoming very sad when it hears that. Yeah, I mean, it has this like small. yeah, but it doesn't mean that it's going to die. It could just be sad as losing Adara. Mm. I suppose that's true. That's possible. It is. It might, yeah, it might also be. It might also be sad that Adara has chosen her family over him. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he saved her in childbirth too. So yeah. And, and actually, always winter sounds like so much more fun. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer to think of it not when Adara became a real girl, but when Adara stopped being cool. <laughs> I, meant that, I meant that as a complete joke of her becoming a real girl, but let's be yeah, honest. No, no, I, yeah. It was cool, yeah. But it, it kind of, I mean, it, it goes, you know, the, the whole point is that she wasn't like other children, and now, oh, she's just another girl. Yeah. Okay, so now the fight. Sorry. Yeah. Dragon fight, please. <laughs> They kill the first dragon, and then the second, the bare-chested rider is there. They dodge him, takes out the second dragon, but it's the third one that's the one that takes out the ice dragon. But not before he sets him up to die as well. He takes one last big breath and takes him out at the same time, but then dies. Right there. See. Oh, then there's, yeah, there's like a sad sound. It's a bunch of crap. It's the only sound that it ever made, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then she's crying and uh, running like like a seven year old, like a true seven year old now. And uh, so then, yeah. So this is the part where, do you want to read the part? 
that was wasn't cut, Greg. I guess. Or yeah, it's kind of like, it's just one paragraph. They kept a couple sentences, yeah. but where it says Adara did not know what to do when she found Terry, what originally was uh, her father had been nailed to the bedroom wall. They had wanted him to watch while they took their turns with Terry, but she untied Terry and they got her. Then they got their father down. Mm. So that's um, that's you know. It seems like the illustration is pretty, you know, they show the house burned, but it's a nice, you know. They're rescued at that point. Like it's right. Funny. It's yeah. like the bad stuff's over, and but uh, they just sugarcoated it a little bit, but you had to. I, I understand. It's just, I, I just found it weird that they never, at no point, is are we told that it's edited, which is kind yeah. of kind of weird. Like, he does mention yeah. it when the first edition in 2006 came out. But it's got the same copyright, and usually it would say, like, you know, appeared in a slightly different format. Like, that's, a, that's something they usually mm-hmm. do, but it just doesn't say that. Yeah. Like when I read the 2000 version in 2006 version back then, I I did figure that something happened because it says like what's left is it says uh, she found Terry whose tears had dried by then and then they freed Joff. I'm like, well, why wasn't she tied up and why right. was her tears drying? And then the, the way it's, there's another description later, those things put together. And yeah, where they say like right Terry now. had recovered her spirit, and you're like, yeah. from what? Yeah, yeah, like so it, the adult can still deduce that, that happened, but the child won't get it, which is good. You know, yeah. you don't need, that, that earlier paragraph isn't just too much to be read. Yeah, that was the that was one of the bits that I found like really disturbing on the first read because uh, even in A Song of Ice and Fire, you don't really see that happening to you know main characters. It's obviously implied in the Riverlands and the War, but mm. having that happen to someone you know is really that's horrible. Yeah, some of my favorite illustrations are just in that last section where you see the the dragons burning the enemy city. It's it's the, one of the few like panoramic ones we get of like a, it's not zoomed in on anything like you get to see like twenty dragons in the air and them freaking out. And that's it was unexpected when I first read it. It seemed like they had like lost the war and suddenly they won a big battle like it swung the other way and won the war basically. They must have had like mm. an ambush battle or something. Took them in the rear. Yeah, the status of the times showed up. <laughs> <laughs> they lost the Black Order, but they'll win the Battle of Ice, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then um, there's the little bit where, you know, once they'd gotten to safety um, out of, or out of immediate harm, you know, they were questioning her and, and she gave them the best answers they could. None of them believed her except Joff, Jeff, who grew out of it. And so she she told the truth, we assume, that, you know, she tried to tell them, hey, there was this ice dragon, we totally save you guys, but... I mean, and, and they one. did see the dead dragons. Yeah. I mean, they must have seen that something big intervened. And there's a giant frozen pond that was not <laughs> yeah. there before. There's <laughs> just cold, a pool yeah. of water. But yeah, just uh, the fact there's three of them dead. I mean, what else killed them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a passage where she says she was se- she was only seven after all, and she did not understand that ice dragons are never seen in summer and cannot be tamed or ridden. Which was cool. Like she has to, I don't know. You have to sort of unlearn the sense of magic and wonder that she felt as a child, and kind of adopt the adult rules. I guess, uh, just you know, speculating. I guess they could have thought that the uh, the enemy dragon riders were had fought amongst each other or something. Maybe Hal killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> but if they, if the guys had some kind of quarrel about, you know. Loot division, or well, they, I mean, one of them was out, and then two of the guys went running out. It didn't seem like they're fighting, right? The guy he was nailed and watching. Sure, I mean, yeah, but obviously, you know, your memories probably aren't super. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think they were just kind of traumatized at the time, and they didn't understand what had happened. But then, in sort of hindsight, they kind of rationalized it. Like, it couldn't have been an ice dragon. That's crazy. Yeah, so they just did, couldn't remember. Yeah, what yeah, happened. they did the Sherlock Holmes, right? Once you eliminate <laughs> the impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, they have the big battle. They they burn the foreign like the men, king's men burn the foreign capital, and then Terry's recaptured her spirit and married a young traitor. So she stays down there. I do think it's kind of funny, like in a way, it because we're on because we're looking from this family's point of view, it feels like a ha- kind of like a happy ending. Like, oh, the king who's the king of our side, the green and gold king, he won. But you know, you can't help but thinking, okay, so they're burning this other. Yeah. This whole north and all this, you know, all the rape and pillage that's that's happening up there. You know, it's just that extra layer of misery. You know, somebody's always got to win and somebody's got to lose. They're the bad guys. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I mean, obviously, totally, yeah, I mean, who knows? Well, the, uh, I, I'll, it, I mean, just going off the very limited amount of information we have, um, I would sort of suspect that. Hal is a better person than those three dragon riders, but mm. you know, that's not the necessarily. Dis- I mean, there are certainly armies that are more disciplined or less disciplined, or you know, things <clears> like <throat> that. But, but yeah, the, we don't really have any way, any reason to strongly believe that the green and gold country is better than the black and orange country. Well, from Adara's point of view, the, the bad guys, the evil dragon, is certainly framed to be very scary looking and evil and compared mm. to Hal, who looks very noble on his dragon. But uh, sure. that's a good point. Like, how many other farms and uh, sort of people are going to be burned from, from the supposed good guys that we're never going to see? It sort of slips back into that romantic idea of war being a fought, off, fought away in a, in a far off land and being noble and honorable and good guys versus bad guys that we, uh, that kind of gets disputed when war actually comes to the foreground. It's a bittersweet ending here. Like, I mean, they lost Hal, they lost the dragon as well. But he got his daughter back. Yeah. They lost the ice dragon, I think, more importantly yeah. than yeah. Hal and his stupid dragon. No, oh, Hal and his Hal's good. Hey, hey, hey don't do that. Hey, I'll take, I'll take that ice dragon over every single other character in the book. Yeah, but you won't be able to write it unless you become cold yourself. Yeah, well, the, I'm, I'm down. The, dragon's kind of the, the ice dragon's kind of the real hero. He sacrifices his yeah. life to save everyone. And then at the very end, the ice, she's playing with the ice lizards, but she's careful not to touch them because they'll melt now. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it's a, it says Adara watched them with a smile on her face, remembering the way it had been. But I totally read that as Adara watched them with a sad smile on her face. Like, I can't help but read this and, and feel bittersweet about it and feel like, oh, if she could only have, you know, kept, you know, held on to that childhood magic and here it doesn't actually you know she doesn't seem to long for it um but i definitely bring that to the table yeah and the, the, i like the uh the end papers of the book like the the front end papers have her in winter you know being all lonely and, and depressed and then the last end papers has her sort of opening up at springtime there's flowers out and she seems happy about it not sad so it's I like that they went out and they did the two different end papers. A lot of time, books have the same end papers if they have them at all. That's a nice. Yeah, time. she's she's definitely lost a, sen- a connection to a sense of magic and wonder that she felt as a child. But I guess it's okay. It's it's sort of a happy ending because she has refound her family and, and become a, a normal child and been accepted by her family. I guess. I was uh, sort of wondering if like the ice dragon had any connection to the mother because the mother dies when she gives birth, and I thought maybe. The mother was reincarnated as an ice dragon or something because it sort of watches over Adara and mm. you know, protects her. And that maybe um, when Adara sort of goes back to her original family, that's like her letting go of her mother and the mother can kind of like move on to the next life or something. 
But there was a one show, mm-hmm. like scene in the night that she was born. Like, uh, yeah, I can see the connection you're making, though. Well, maybe, maybe the mother spirit went into the ice dragon because yeah. she it describes her as being kind of taken over by winter yeah. and pregnancy. I mean, and it seems like there's probably some sort of connection from birth. It wasn't just four years later that it showed up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And she's supposed to uh, Adar like resembles her mother too, right? So maybe yeah. her mother is uh, whatever kind of you know uh, like, northern like stock. Or, he, he says the mother like, is warm, and Adar is in contrast to. Her. Yeah, 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 but like maybe her mother was like. Um, I mean, I don't. Obviously, this is just rampant speculation or whatever. But uh, <laughs> like the green blood or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, yeah, <laughs> she like had her Valyrian own ice blood, dragon. But but the ice version, you know, when she was a girl. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, maybe she did, or maybe she didn't. But maybe she had, uh, you know, the like the warg blood kind of thing mm. that the Starks have. <laughs> well, we have like some of them do it, some it. of them don't. Yeah. But oh, ice dragon in general. I mean, there are mentions of, of ice dragons in the world of ice and fire and stuff. So do you think that one may show up in, in Westeros or in, like in the story, current story? I hope not, because I can't really take it seriously <laughs> as seriously as I can take drag other regular dragons. <laughs> <laughs> Run-of-the-mill dragons. Well, I remember Old Nan describes like the the white the winds of winter being uh, the breath of an ice dragon or something. She tells that she she tells to the kids that that's the ice dragon blowing in the far north, which I think is said in this in this story as well. And I don't know, Old Nan's sometimes right, so maybe maybe there's an ice dragon always, in the Old winter. Nan always right, <laughs> always right. Yeah, she's like mushroom. There's also I mean, there's other types of dragons mentioned in the world too, like worms and stuff and all these other things, right? Yeah, in, in and there. there's the constellation, yeah. the ice dragon, yeah. But I mean, like, having other dragons show up, it just seems like it, it weakens Danny's dragons, the significance of them, if there's other Yeah, I agree. Because for four books, we've just been told that these are the only dragons in the world, and it's a big thing, and if there's more, it won't be such a big thing. Yeah, but yeah, I, if the I, kinda, I would rather have, like, in, um... yeah, I'd rather have the stone dragon, at Dragonstone or something, because that seems more realistic than an ice dragon in, in Winterfell or something. You mean a dragon that has privies in it? <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> that's exactly what he means. That that's part of its digestive system. It becomes a privy, like a stone. <laughs> I don't know. I like to think that if if that is his ultimate plan, that that George could make more dragons happen in a way that that would work. I like to think that. Because dragons are awesome. Do you think maybe the Do you think maybe the others could have ice dragons, and that's how they fight against Danny? Well, I mean, if if they're gonna be ice dragons, I think that they're definitely gonna be with the others. But if they, if they have them, they'll win because they have more than three, probably. Exactly, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Why would they only uh, well, have but we, they don't even they only have to have one. I mean, we've seen the well, odds play out already. So, but if they alternatively, <laughs> alternatively, maybe one of Danny's dragons dies and they raise it again as a white. Comes an undead would, dragon. Would that make it an ice dragon mm-hmm. though? Just because no. it's it's a you know, they said Maybe. ice spiders become ice spiders. Would dragons become ice dragons? Unless they were uh, ice spiders to begin. A dragon has, like, magical qualities that can breathe fire, so maybe those qualities will be changed to reflect ice magic or something. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it depends on where they're fighting as well. I mean, clearly, if Danny goes up north of the wall, she's not going to have as much of a chance as if they come to her where she is now. Well, they're not going to go where she is now, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, if, if the books if the books wind up with the others overwhelming Westeros and taking to the sea, then I think <laughs> things have gone d- disastrously wrong. Well, they can come in that back door. Yeah. That I mean, there, there, are, there, yeah, there are things over there. Yeah, there's, there's it's like demons a portal up between. There. 
Lands of always yeah. winter and Essos. They, they just walk across the northern pole area and just show up in the other continent. <laughs> That's where they are, right? Just float over on an iceberg. They hire the... It's, it's so cold, even the others want to get out of Westeros. Okay. Out of the north. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, in, is it Princess of the Queen or is it uh, uh, the Rogue Prince where, like, somebody goes north of the wall with a dragon? Or was that the, was it was that, like somebody has gone? Oh uh, yeah, uh, it's probably Damon, right? No, the King Jaehaerys's dragon. He goes up supposedly to fight oh, some wild things yeah. further north. That is really interesting. I mean, because there might have still been skin changes at the time, and yet they didn't do mm. anything. Yeah, that was wasn't that the speculation why the Targaryens yeah. didn't go to the north because they were afraid of skin changes. Yeah. Although obviously Torrhen kneeled, so it's probably. But may, well, maybe there was a we- there was a weak ones at that time where they didn't get involved. But yeah. Hmm. Or just, I mean, uh, and I don't know, but I, I would tend to think that there is, um, that that would be would be a person to person fight to some extent. I think that there's at least a little bit of a, you know, there's a bond with the, a dragon and a dragon rider. Right? Hmm. So, I think that it would be harder to uh, for a skin changer to wrest control of a, a dragon with a rider away. But I don't know. Yeah. But if one of yeah. the, if one of the riders died, then right away you could grab one. Sure, sure, but I mean, if yeah, once you brought down the the rider, you're, you know, halfway to not having a dragon problem anyway. Yeah, to be like someone trying to walk into ghost or something while John was alive. Yeah, too Bran now, the connection uh, is as strong, strong as he gets. I mean, if he can take over people. Oh yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Bran, Bran maybe so, and I mean, he only yeah. I mean, Bran, he, Bran he, might be able to, but he will fly. We all think that means it's in a raven, but he could be flying in a dragon. And two of <laughs> two of Danny's dragons aren't bonded to anyone, so he could take over one of them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they were still not bonded when they came over there or something, but yeah. I, I sort of jumped the gun a bit earlier, but was there? Did you guys think of any other connections between Westeros and as a so this, as a prototype of Westeros oh, and, and what happens? Do you have, you have any more? Go, let's, let's, let's cover them. Uh, well, we mentioned the idea of warging, uh, okay. and obviously a couple of the characters are sort of are a bit like characters that we see in um, in Winterfell, like Old Man and Sansa and Benjen, the uncle. Mm. I'll probably just leave that original line in there. So. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't bad. That's fine. No. I'll, I'll leave us bashing you at the same time. So we'll, we'll cut it. Yeah, that's fair. That's <laughs> Take all our clever bits and list them as if they were nothing. Because, of Sorry. course, when I was writing them down, I thought, no one's going to see this connection. <laughs> this is airtight. <laughs> no, but, Morris, so which, like which of you man. read, uh, so who read the 2006 version or, or this version first? Um, I read back in in 2006. I read the 2006 version when I was reading Dream Songs for the first time, which was like a year or two ago. I read the uh, unexpurgated version, okay. and then I read the uh, 2006 version again yesterday. And the rest of you? is there a difference between the 2006 version and this version? I don't think I don't believe so, no, but just just yeah. the illustrations, I think. Yeah. yeah. I do kind of feel bad for Yvonne Gilbert that, like, this is now the Ice Dragon, you know. I mean, you can't get hers unless you're yeah. buying a used or out-of-print edition. Yeah, I thought Yvonne did Adara better, but because uh, she's better at drawing girls, but uh, the dragon was better by Louis Royal. But the drawings were a bit plain, weren't they? They were just pencil drawings. That was a kid's book. Yeah, they're, they're very definitely oh. sort of more childish illustrations. Kids like the colorful dragons. Things. Well, they're not colorful. <laughs> the dragons especially the dragons especially look really stupid. They look like a combination of like you know the way people used to draw horses like in medieval paintings and stuff? 
It looks like Falcor, the, the one yeah. she did. Yeah, never-ending story. Uh, well, yeah, the cover one does have that weird beard. Um, in the actual, in the, the pencil drawings in the book, they don't seem to have quite as much facial hair sometimes. Well, the, the art for the ice dragon. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talking about beards is really, I try to steer every podcast there if I can. <laughs> but, uh, so, Duncan, you read the Dream Songs version first? Or, yep. And then so, yep. so did Amber. And Greg, yeah. you read Dream Songs first as well? Yeah, that's what I did too. Oh, okay. So it was just me, then Michael and me that read this this version. And I don't think it really takes anything away from the story to edit that stuff out, really. Yeah, actually, I agree with you. I, I mean, I would tend to, my, my sort of default position would be to be angry about anything like that. But mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think, like what the story is, I don't think that stuff particularly helps. I mean, I don't think it's bad, but I don't think it. You know, like the the sadness and the the beauty, I don't think is particularly enhanced by yeah. that stuff. No, that's and all you still, get still there. The misery of of war. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Greg, you you picked out the part. They took out the part where it's like his hands were never as strong before because of the nails being pounded. Yeah, that was in the, the last paragraph there. Like, yeah. I I wasn't angry that they took it out. It just was. It wasn't noted, and that from like a point of view, like, I don't know. Did George edit it? Did was it someone at Bantam that just cut a couple lines, or you know who did it? But. I would think that he did back in two thousand six. Like he, that's why because I think if somebody else did, I think they would have completely. Well, cut. he said in the interview that his wife convinced him to take to make it to make it. It's, he, she said it would make a nice children's book, but he had yeah. to take out some stuff. But. I just yeah, felt like but, but it didn't do well because it couldn't be pigeonholed. Like it's not if you know we, I didn't know where to shelve it in the bookstore even like we keep it with the new young adult stuff but it's kind of juvenile at the same time there's parts of it that are a lot more advanced than flying around on ice track you know it's it doesn't fit neatly into one section so that's why I think why it might not have sold like you know a bestseller back well, in that's why you tell them it's in the same universe when you're trying to sell it I have specifically popped every, everyone's uh, everyone's like this is set in the same world no it's not there it's not now you can I imagine <laughs> I imagine this is what maybe the dancer dragons would have looked like from the perspective of just a random village in the Riverlands or the Vale or something. It's not, but that it's that kind of vibe. Yeah. Well each individual dragon is not as deadly as the ones that they had there though. Like it's still deadly, but they're burning like Yeah, they're much towns. smaller. They're like jet Well, I mean we we didn't really see them doing the, the scorched earth stuff. I mean from it sounds to me like in the actual uh, battles in the north that they were doing, you know, that kind of action, but they they just. That's I mean, this was an undefended yeah. village. They basically came to, you know. Yeah, it seems like the dragons are meant to fight other dragons. You know, there's this wing is fighting that way. You know, it's yeah. it's all dragon on dragon. It's not to destroy a town or anything, except for at the end where they do destroy the enemy city. It's yeah. strange that only three dragons arrive, though. You'd think a whole cavalry of dragons. Oh, so I feel like it was a like, party kind of. yeah, or scouting even if, party, yeah. or possibly not even a scouting. I mean, maybe a scouting party, or maybe just like, you know, three guys were like, "Hey, you want to?" It's yeah. the King's Road, so that's their main route. It's strange that there'll be three random guys ahead of the entire army. Well, I mean, the, maybe they're going right, but I mean, if they were co- sort of consolidating the the march, right? Yeah, I, I guess and they don't actually have to guys. go by the King's Road; they can just fly <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they were following Hal. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's uh, a potential. Yeah, that, that could be true. I guess. All right. Do we have anything else to say, or are we done? I guess for you. Um, I think that's everything I had. Good. I would recommend this for anyone who is a 
Ice and Fire fan, like because you got to see as the, the roots of his main story, just like his other works. I recommend reading the other works and checking out our reviews on Bastards of King's Grave, where we cover them. Yeah, definitely. It's a great story on its own. It's a great sort of beta version of Westeros. Great. Well, thanks for joining me today. This was fun. Yeah, thanks very um, much for having us. Yeah, thanks. I mean, Ashley and uh, Mimi did get review copies or are getting them, so we will briefly discuss how they felt about it in a future episode. But uh, thanks for joining us today. And with the uh, holidays around the corner, just wanted to note that the podcast store on our website is available for your Amazon and other shopping needs. Check us out on podcastviceandfire.com, on Twitter at APOIAF, on Facebook and DeviantArt and all of that. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. See ya. Ashley's online by some chance. <laughs> Is she still work nights? Not the easiest person to schedule. Yeah. At least we didn't have any technical issues like our lovely episode that <laughs> Amber <was> on. <laughs> Not yet. As far as as far as we know. <laughs> I mean it's trying to close the show. On, no one had to communicate in, emo- in emoticons, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. See so you've all read the chapters though, if we want to do another episode. Yeah. I went ahead and did recaps for both just because it helped me remember what the hell I was reading. Um, but if somebody else did one, I'm happy to do it. Um, and I will step out and refresh myself for half a second. Okay, let's take a break. I'm going to hang up in this call. So okay. A couple of minutes. Okay. I can hear I can, you, I mean. I good. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Will you guys Everybody let me hear know me if as I, well? Yes. Okay. You also let me know if I start getting choppy again. Sure. This time I'm out in the garage, huddled under a blanket with gloves on. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see if it's any better. Why? Why are you out there? Closer uh, to the... Yeah. Closer to the Wi-Fi, theoretically. We'll see. I got my wine. I got a candle. It's kind of nice. Situation for the ice dragon. Your bundle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to make you sad, but I don't think Ashley's coming. Oh. Oh no. Does that mean this can still be a podcast device and fire episode, or is it automatic? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, the okay. not not doubting a means power or anything, but. We've had episodes where it's just been me and people, so okay, that's true. We will do it as a podcast advice of our episode. Because that means Amber gets another two stars on her triple gold. Plus. <laughs> There's nothing past this, Amber. You can't no. have the label after this. <laughs> it's redundant at this point. Yeah, <laughs> start my own club. <laughs>
Okay, so what we will do is uh, the usual intro, and uh, lemon cakes, and then a couple of issues to go through. Starting with the ice dragon. Yeah. Well, the, the other chapters we may do as a separate episode. I'm thinking, or maybe yeah. we can just stick it at the end of this episode. I guess we'll see how... Uh, how well, it depends it how long it goes, I guess. Right? Yeah, not everyone wants to listen to this episode, so it might be better to split to do two separate episodes. Uh, make me feel bad I was not on that damn episode. <laughs> Still haven't read them yet. Oh, the, the cheese monkey for oh, yeah. Oscar. Were there actually cheese doodles in the story? There are. It's like half the story. Okay, because I made that as a joke because that's what the cover looked like, but it makes sense if they're actually cheese doodles. Oh, there's cheese doodles. <laughs> what do you call them in in your country? Cheesy wheezies or something? <laughs> No, Listen, cheese doodles is a name brand, and I don't like you associating whatever off-brand Australian crap Duncan has. With the, uh... Sorry, Twisties. it's like calling soda Coke, kind of. Twisties, I'm sorry. <laughs> They're different. Apparently, though, in Washington, there cheese are doodles. no cheese doodles. Yeah, you guys make everything, you know, uh, by hand, and then you can order them online. Ever. Artisanal, artisanal cheese. Artisanal. Doodles. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> We're not in Portland. Come on. I know. I, I lumped that whole Pacific Northwest into <laughs> yeah, Portland. It's, it's true. Sorry, I mean, did we totally sidetrack the... No, I'm just looking at... <laughs> I know what it's so always okay else... to talk about cheese noodles. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone else watch the official Fifty Shades of Grey trailer, which was just released? Uh... <laughs> I must have. No, I, I can't it. believe I Boiler missed Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's cheese noodles in there at some point. <laughs> I haven't no, read the not, never yeah. that, so. <laughs> no, I'm not either. I was completely joking. What were you? But did you watch it? <laughs> yes, I did watch the trailer. <laughs> was it steamy? <laughs> and now I'm ready to talk about a children's book. <laughs> Heavily edited children's book. Yeah, yeah. That, that movie's got to be NC-17. I don't know how it can't be. Alright, I don't see Ashley online. Uh... Yeah. I think we'll just go ahead. I'd rather record the episode while I have time to do so. What is it? Um, a invasion of privacy to ask what time zone she she's in. She's in Eastern time zone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, installed the new Skype recorder, and now it does not seem to be recording at all. So I, I'm right. who is recording? It's I don't have one. It's open, but it didn't start recording right. for some reason. And now it just I'm recording. Away. All right. So yeah, I'm, I'm recording as well. Okay, then that should be good. Got three recorders. Okay. And mine has uh, has never failed, as I like to <laughs> mention it every Everything's better in Texas. Don't challenge the darkling plane. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like to keep bringing it up, just so, you know. <laughs> if it has, darkling so the plane is not mocked. <laughs> it is, apparently. <laughs> Yeah. What order do you want to do your names in? You're asking? <laughs> he's, only, he's only asking so he can do something else. <laughs> we'll say alph- alphabetical. So that well, I went throw first last the... time, so I'm not going first. <laughs> does Skype order... Does everybody, no, I guess everyone sees the names differently because we have the... Yeah, we tried to figure that out on the last book club we did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a different yeah. order because your name, you're, you're not up there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's alternate between animal pictures and swords. That's <laughs> 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 funny, <understand>. actually. <laughs> well, he's the host, so he'll start off at the beginning, obviously. Okay. But, That's so that means basically close. Duncan and I have to decide which one of us is first, and then the Amber and Greg yeah. have to decide between themselves. <clears throat> Okay, we ready to go? <laughs> Have we settled the order? I'm going to call it uh, Amin, Duncan, Michael, me, Greg. Fine. Because that's what order my pictures are. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I'm standing. I don't want any. I don't want any acclaim. Only if I. Only if it's the right thing to do. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready to go? Sure. Sure. Episode yep. 60. All right. Why are you still here?